This is Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. We bring you stories of faith and God's goodness shared by people like you. I pray we build and encourage your faith. If you have a story to tell, please let us know by contacting us through our website at amazedbygod.com. We would love to help you share it with the world. While you're there, check out our other ministries. And if you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Now here's your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. This is your host, Mark Stitchin. With me today is one of, uh, really one of my closest friends, Josh Tate. Hi, Mark. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Uh, I'm down here visiting you in Florida, and uh, it's good to see you, good to catch up with you. Uh, how long have we known each other? I was trying to think about that the other day. Gosh. Yeah, it's great to see you as well, Mark. So glad to have you here in South Florida. Um, I was thinking that as well. I probably... When did, you go, when did you start going to college? What year did you go? 2000, 2001? 2000. Okay, and you moved to uh, Towson from Villa Julie, didn't you? Yeah, so I actually, yeah, I was in Villa Julie, which is now I think called Stevenson University in Maryland, and I went there for three years, and then I went to Towson, so I was probably right around 20, if I had to guess, so what was going on, 17 years? Yeah, so what was that, 02? Yeah. Yeah, so... Wow, it doesn't seem like that long ago, does it? It's crazy. <laughs> no, uh, we, we met, we met, I was kind of doing prayer at a college, uh, college life. I don't remember what even it was called nowadays. Um, and it was just basically a group on Towson University that I had got hooked yes. up with some people. With Tim, I think his name was. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're, <laughs> that's a good pull because I wouldn't have remembered that. <laughs> um, and uh, you worked at Best Buy after me, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, you took, when I left there, you took the position that I had. I'm uh, pretty sure, yeah. yes. So we had, we had a bunch of mutual friends. Yes. And I don't remember how we met at all. Uh, I, I remember, I don't know how we got connected, but I remember one of the first times that we hung out, you just were like, let's talk, let's go talk about religion. And we went to Panera Bread there in Towson. <laughs> Do you remember that? You have a very good memory. At first, it's funny you said that because I don't remember how we met either. So now I don't feel so bad because <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot better memory than I do. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that we're on the same page yeah. there. So, yeah, we went and hung out in, in Panera Bread. We talked. I remember talking about, about you know, religion and what is church and what is church going to look like. And uh, there, was this, there was this kind of kindred spirits, so to speak. Um, uh, you grew up in church pretty much your whole life, correct? Uh, yes, correct. My whole, I've been very blessed to grow up in a great Christian home. Um, but just like, you know, I, do, I grew up in a denomination that had some uh, crazy times, and uh, it was definitely, you know, eye-opening, uh, mm-hmm. definitely good. However, you know, it just, it just it's, it was a breath of fresh air to meet someone kind of like, you know, your similar background. Uh, obviously, I know you didn't grow up, and you got saved around, I think, 12. 14. Four, yeah, 12, yeah. okay, 14. And so... You know, it was just really cool to meet someone that is was on fire for God, that was pursuing, you know, a ministry almost full-time, I believe, at the time, or you were felt led yeah. at that time to do it. And, uh, yeah, it was just a breath of fresh air to meet a friend that, you know, like-minded, like-aged. Yeah, it was very it was very interesting, you know, coming out of Bible college, you know, where I had a lot of friends, we all dispersed, you know, and, and um, uh, I had... I had stepped down from the position that I was at at that point, and you know it was it was interesting having somebody that I could bounce ideas off of. And over the past twenty years, then um, even though you moved away, you know, which not bitter, um, <laughs> uh, 
you know, uh, not bitter that you moved away, but that you are down here and I'm still stuck in Maryland, sorry, Marylanders. <laughs> um, it was that it was just, it was, it was something that we've always connected with. We've always been able to talk about God. Um, I know that anytime I needed prayer that you were somebody that I went to. Uh, and I feel vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, hundred percent. Something. So it's it's been a pleasure to know you. We were we were sharing and, and talking about um, you know, my girlfriend's down here with me talking about some of the the churches and the fun times that we had. We just went and visited churches back in the day, um, just to kind of see and get a feel for what other things were. So uh, it's always fun reminiscing and catching up. With oh, absolutely. Things. Yeah. No. So good seeing you, and absolutely, it's a great time. And I have to clearly state that uh, you guys ever need prayer, you go, you give it to Mark. He will one thousand percent do it. So that's it. thank you for that. Mark, to always be uh, my f- dear friend, but also someone that I, when I know I have a prayer request, I know it's being, uh, answer, you know, at least prayed through you. So I appreciate that very much. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I've always, always felt is part of my passion and my gifting is I, I want to, I can't always help people, but I can always pray for them. And I, I, I take that as an honor when people, people ask me to pray. No, so absolutely. Here at Amazed by God, we kind of tell stories about just what God's done in our lives. If, if you've never listened before, just a quick, you know, what happens is sometimes faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but some of that word of God is, is also what God's done in people's lives, I think. I think that story was what makes the world go round, and story is what gives us sometimes a connection with people. And I know hearing testimonies built me up, and hearing how people got through things made me and grow my faith in a way that has, has far succeeded anything I think it would have been if I would have tried to do this on my own. So here at Amazed by God, we collect stories. We, we just kind of see what people and what God's done in his life. So I asked you, Josh, what has God done in your life? So I'm, again, what I stated earlier, is I was very fortunate and blessed to grow up in a Christian home, great Christian parents. Uh, we had obviously difficult times like everyone does. Uh, I grew up with two, other, uh, two younger brothers. So I was the oldest of three. And, you know, I've always had a good family upbringing. We always grew up at a nice house, nice schools. Uh, we had some you know, difficult times, financial times, like everyone does throughout life. But one area that I w- guess you would say is always a strive of mine was always to be quote unquote successful or have the success in the world's eyes. So I had worked the day I turned 14 and I've never stopped. Um, I'm very, I'm the first to tell you, I'm very blessed to have a lot of nice things. And But there were times in my life where I believe that r- race was getting ahead of me in the sense that I was now striving for that to be my identity and not my identity in Christ or just even my foundation in faith. So not, not that there's anything wrong with striving for nice things, oh, absolutely, yeah. um, but you felt like that was, was, was becoming more of the, the priority or the idol, so to speak. Yes, 1,000%. There's a really famous, uh, not in fact, I don't, actually, it's not that famous, but Passion, Purpose, Blue Jeans by uh, Pastor Louis Giglio. I love it because it talks about having a passion with a greater purpose. And so that's what I kind of put my foundation on is, yeah, my passion is to be successful and do well and, and all those things. However, I want to have a greater purpose of, you know, supporting the local church, uh, you, know, com- you know, giving committedly and just really just blessing others financially. That was probably, that's something I've kind of, hone myself on and strive for. Um, so when I was in Maryland, I had a really good success at a young age. I worked for a local company. It was highly, I was highly ranked amongst hundreds of people and, you know, presidents, clubs. And I'm a sales guy, just so you know. I'm, uh, I'm in sales. I actually do medical sales now. But before I did like business to business sales, it's kind of like cut mm-hmm. my teeth at a young age. So I was actually on an awards trip real young. I think it was like 24, 25. I was like highly ranked in the company, like top five out of like 250. And I 
to be frank, I, I drank too much the night before. I felt like absolute garbage the next day. I was in Florida. I woke up, opened my blinds, and I saw, huh, I want to live here. So I was kind of like the young, arrogant guy. I went to my director when I got back to Maryland, and I said, hey, you're moving me to Florida. This is what I want, blah, blah, blah. And long story short, he transferred me. And that probably was the best decision of my life because through that transfer, I literally pretty much everything fell apart. <laughs> I, was a, uh, I was a big stock investor at the time. I invested a lot, at least for my age. And I literally uh, lost, I remember like one day, I clearly remember this, I remember losing $10,000. Now $10,000 is a lot of money, but when you're 25, it's a lot of money. Yeah. I remember losing it in one day on some you know, not wise decisions on investing. And I f literally was just, everything was crashing. When I moved to Florida, you know, I was this top-ranked guy, and I used to make this income. I think my income dropped 50%. So I moved to Florida on this beautiful air place, but I lose 50% of my income. I'm losing all this money and investments that was going the wrong direction that I thought they were going. I had, didn't know anyone. I was the new guy in town, and I was s slowly getting back on the track that I was just drinking too much and, 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 you know, and just going down a path I wasn't proud of. And then all of a sudden, one night, I remember clear as day, I was literally on the phone with my mom at 25, sad to say, but it's the truth. Thank God for good moms. And I was literally, I was like, I was having like a breakdown. I was very upset. And I was like, nothing's going my way. And my mom's just like, just, you know, say a quick prayer, go to bed, go to sleep. You just need to get some rest. And I remember falling on my knees and rededicating my life to Christ and from that on, it set me on a path that necessarily wasn't easy by any means, but I can honestly say it set me on a path of where I am today because of that decision. Um, got involved with a great local church. I'm involved with a great church down here in Florida called Christ Fellowship. Love the church, love the pastors, love everything about it. But through that, it wasn't like a light switch that got me to um, where I am today by any means. So uh, I took that, uh, got a new job. During the process of getting that new job, met uh, my girlfriend, who's actually now my wife, we've uh, gone on eight, uh, eight years of marriage and, uh, you know, two beautiful little girls and all good stuff. But during that time, I got a great new job, was really excited, got back on track to my career. I remember four weeks into the job, I, I met training. A lot of times in medical sales, they give you like a lot of training just to mm -hmm. make sure you know what you're doing. And I remember meeting with my vice president for breakfast one morning and he says, OK, got good news and bad news. I said, OK, what's that? He goes, what do you want first? I'm like, well, I want good news first. You still have a job. Uh, you, you go the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. I, I want bad news <laughs> first. Get that bad news out of the way. <laughs> I want good news. Give me good news first. Good news is you, have, uh, you still have the job. I said, okay. Bad news, you have to move. Now, keep in mind, I just got, I just moved a year ago. Yeah. And I went through a whole transition. And, and during that year, I'm, I know I'm skipping a lot of good parts, but that year, I mean, I got rededicated my life to Christ, got got involved in a local church. I mean, just, you know, having a great Friends group. Of, and, oh, yeah. I mean, just God truly blessed me there. And so I literally have to pick up in 30 days or I don't have a job. So he goes, at the time I covered a, a very large territory. So I covered states, not like areas. So I had to, I had covered Georgia, Tennessee, and Northern Florida. And I lived in Southern Florida, but they didn't care because I would traveled a lot. <laughs> and so you're telling me somebody in the corporate world doesn't care about yeah, the yeah, surprise, employees? Su oh, that's new and that's shocking. Yeah, yeah surprisingly. And uh, so they said you have to get to Atlanta or Nashville in the next 30 days. And so I was like, okay. So I decide for some reason. Now I look back on it. I'm, I'm kind of glad. I mean, I know it all, all in God's timing, God's purpose, but I actually like Atlanta 
a lot mm-hmm. better than Nashville. Personally, I know I'm kind of the, the odd bird out, but that's just what I like. Yeah, especially the way Nashville's blowing up Oh, Nashville's blowing yeah. it up. But I mean, I lived in Nashville for a year, and during that time, um, was a, you know, it was a d- difficult time. I mean, I'm starting all over again after a year. I have no friends. I uh, just started dating this girl that obviously she's now my wife, so of course I liked her. And I was just like, what in the world? Now I feel like I'm just like Groundhog's Day. I'm like starting all over again, <laughs> just a year. And I remember during that time, God really got a hold of me because I was low man on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. I was not top ranked. I was the youngest guy in the whole team. Um, worked for a very large organization. And, uh, and during that time was when God literally got a hold of me, showed me what, was, what, was my, what, should, have been, what should be my priorities and obviously what are. Um, and he just really projected me in that area. And I remember, remember one day, I, uh, this is when the market was crashing. Stock, I think, flew, you know, went down to like $5, and you're not used to being at $5. So they, they, uh, they're starting to make cuts. I remember I get an email that says, uh, your pay has now been cut by $12,000. They cut it $1,000 a month out of our pay. I'm like, oh, great. And I remember being at church. I went to, I didn't go to a church necessarily on Sunday. I went to like a young adults ministry. Um, in, uh, yeah, that's one of the three things I remember you talking about from Nashville. I, I, I can remember three things, and one of them being the church that you got plugged into a little bit there. Luckily, God did that. I also remember you just being kind of sad. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. I wasn't pleasant. I wasn't, a, I wasn't that pleasant. I wasn't necessarily happy. Yeah, yeah, it was just a sad time, you know. And uh, so I remember getting there, and I remember, again, God always brings me back to these things. And I remember hearing a, um, a special guest speaker. He was a missionary. And I think he was from South Africa. He had that real cool accent. And uh, he was talking about taking risks for God. And so at the time, God really put in my heart that I wanted, you know, I'm, I'm working, I'm striving, I'm trying to be the successful guy, but I'm not doing it just to hoard money in a bank. I'm doing it to bless others. So I remember God saying, well, this is where you got to take your risk. When uncertain things come your way, you got to take risks for me. So I remember that night, you know, God asked me to give a donation to his organization because he gave, he gave a really powerful testimony. And so at the time, I keep in mind, I just got a deduction in pay, and God's now telling me to go above and beyond. So for me, that's a big deal. So I was going down this path, and just how, I, you know, and then I loved his challenge. He says, your risks are, you know, is it money? Is it your position? Is it time? Whatever it is, I want you to write it down and put it in the basket. We're going to pray over it. So I was like, all right. So I wrote it down, and for some reason, I guess just out of, human nature of what I do every day for work, I'm so used to writing down or signing emails, whatever, with my name and phone number. Just what I do. Like if you said, if I write something down, I'll just sign my name and a phone mm-hmm. number just so you always can get in touch with me. I'm, I'm a sales guy, so I always want them to get back in touch with me. So I remember doing that, and a couple weeks later, I get a phone call from the church. And they said, hey, hey, Josh, this is, uh, I think you had a really unique name. Uh, I think her name was You like, were kind of just a face there too, right? Oh, I wasn't yeah, plugged yeah, in at all. Yeah, I went okay. like Tuesday night from like 7 to 9.30. Like I wasn't, yeah, no, I was, I didn't know. I didn't really get involved. I just So this there. is very out of the normal that they would call Oh, very out. Yeah, yeah. They didn't know me. I didn't know them. Um, so they give me a call and they go, hey, we, we were praying over your risk and we think that's so cool that you did that risk of, you know, donating this money. And I was like, oh yeah, no, no problem. I'm like, at first I was like, how do they know this? And then I realized, oh yeah, I probably, probably put my name and number down like I do always. And I didn't even think I asked her that. And she goes, yeah, your name or number was on the piece of paper. I said, okay. She goes, well, I wanted to call and let you know something. I said, okay. Um, you, have you, do you know where you want to give? I said, no, I just felt led that I need to give to your, I want to give to your group, your young adults ministry. Well, great. We partner with a food bank. 
and the food bank needs in the middle of a um it's a trail you know it's a run out of a trailer and they need a cement pad i said okay so when they you know the people come by to pick up food they don't they, they're not in mud right. grass and the cement pad what they need is it two dollars from your gift and i go what so we believe that's where your money should go and i said you'll have your check tonight and I remember writing that check, and at the time, it was a lot of money to me, mm-hmm. um, because I, I got. Did you add those two dollars? I did. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Actually, it was two dollars shy. I still oh. gave two dollars over. Oh, okay. So uh, that was yeah, tax. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it was like. Uh, so, so for some reason, one thing I one thing I thought was so cool was how God worked. Like He told me to give this. I was faithful in committing to give. Yet I still took me a few weeks to commit to it, but I still was willing to. And how God didn't have to show me this. He wanted to show me that my sacrificial gift was going to something in everyday need. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, God, you're so good. How you, I mean, this is a little thing. Who cares about this? But yet God cares. And that's what I love about God, that he cares and wants to, you know, progress in that. And then from there from that, I moved back. Oh, yeah, long story. So I actually get laid off from this job, moved back to Florida, and it took me six months to find a new job. So now I'm six months unemployed. And I had to start my whole walk over with God because a lot of emotions, a lot of like, mm-hmm. this is not fair, a lot of whatever, you know. And I had a really good resume for my, for my age. And it took me six months. And I mean, this is when I learned peace and joy in my relationship where it surpasses all understanding and it surpasses all things. And that's one thing that I look back on that I, again, I would never in my life ever, I hope to never go through it again. Six months of unemployment would be no fun. However, during that time of just, you know, really just, you know, I mean, six months of countless interviews, mm-hmm. countless final interviews, like in, in the corporate world, as you know, as anyone knows, there's massive steps in getting employed. So you have to like fly places, ride alongs, presentations, all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember going on so many interviews, it was like a full-time job. And then at one time, I actually had to, uh, I actually, three separate occasions, got the job verbally but they never put it in writing. So emotional wreck at times. Um, I, remember, I remember being with my now wife um, in the car with her. We were getting, just getting some coffee in the morning, some breakfast. I think actually on the way to play tennis, if I remember right. And I remember getting the phone call saying, hey, we know we offered you the job yesterday, but we can't give it in writing if, unless you do, unless you pick up and move. And I was like, I'm not moving anywhere. I've already moved too much the last couple of years. He's like, well, you don't do that. You don't have the job. And I remember hanging up the phone and screaming to the top of my, I probably scared my wife, my, at the time my girlfriend and my wife, to death because I was like just so, I mean, I just couldn't stand it. I think I remember that phone call. Oh, if you I'm prob- not mistaken, you probably, I remember the phone yeah, call. You probably were definitely one of the, you, if not the first, definitely the top two people to receive that phone call. I was just, I couldn't stand it. But I just, I'm just so thankful that, God always reminded me to go back to him in the midst of all this. And so I remember finally getting the job that really, you know, put my uh, career on the good path. And I remember literally walking in and it was, it's just cool how God works. It was one of the easiest interviews I ever did. I think I had to go maybe twice. He didn't make me go through the, I call it the, the rigmarole, like the whole, uh, present. No, he's like, listen, you have to, you have to, you fit the mold. Let's just, I'll give you a shot. And I remember mm-hmm. first year, that job, which is a, hard to believe 10 years ago, th- this November, 
Um, first year of that job, you know, rookie of the year, president's club, just catapulted with all that good stuff. And, you know, I give all God the glory, you know, hands down. Yeah, well, in sales, you you, you kind of have to, <laughs> you live off of what God provides for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, hard work, you know, it, it requires you to, to put in the work, but but you're, you're requiring off of God providing for you. It's It's been great to see you grow and go through the ups and downs and and. I know that you've always turned back to God, you know, and it's, it's the story of, you know, sometimes we have to hit rock bottom to, to really appreciate what God's done for us. No, for sure. No, absolutely. And I thank you, obviously, during the times so of, you probably got the crazy phone calls and God, Mark, you got to pray for me, man. This thing is, this is, this is horrendous. Yeah, I don't get those any, much yeah. anymore. No, but no, yeah. no, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so but we're no, doing good now. We're doing good now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here at Amazed by God, we kind of just kind of like to know a little bit more about you. So we kind of end with two questions. First is, is there any story, Bible verse, Bible character uh, that has touched you over the years? Yeah, I think um, the main, the main, I actually have two and they're kind of like the opposite of, but they're, they, they definitely coincide is that one is Ephesians three twenty, where God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think or imagine. Um, and then also, um, Pretty much the whole verse found in Matthew six twenty five to thirty four, where it really just talks about why do you worry, you know, look at the birds in the birds, sky, yeah. and and uh, and that just puts me, you know, what I love about this verse is that it puts me back of who am I praying to, mm-hmm. who am I trusting my life with, and it's not in a being or an idea, it's in the creator of the universe that literally can do more than we can. I mean, whatever I think I'm going to succeed or achieve or what have you in one day, it's one times one billion, yeah. you know, and that's where that's the, the and then obviously it goes back and, and then when I think I'm not going to achieve that, then I'm reminded, well, why do you worry about these things? You know, mm-hmm. I care about more. I sent, you know, Jesus to die for you. I didn't send Jesus to die for the birds, but yet they have enough to eat and they have enough to, you know, enjoy and mm-hmm. what have you. So those are probably the two. Yeah, we, we were, we were at lunch just before this, you know, and kind of just talking about things. And, and, and my girlfriend, Jen, is sitting kind of beside us right now, uh, which is odd. We're having never had that happen in a podcast before. But, uh, you know, she was talking about how when she grew up, she didn't feel like God was personal to her. Um, and it was something that, you know, for me, you know, God was always personal. When I, when I came to know him and feel him, it was so personal. So um, those verses really stand out as, as a personal God because cause he truly is. He truly you know, cared for you, you know, we sing a lot of songs, you know, about, you know, you know, if we were the only one, Jesus would come, we, you know, that God loves us, and, and, you know, you're picking out two verses that really, really emphasize that. No, absolutely, and I think, like, I always, you know, not many people know, but if I ever called to write a book, I already have the title, I just don't have the content yet, <laughs> but I have the title, and that is God Cares, because uh-huh. I can honestly say in my life, the littlest things, like, I mean, I can tell you story after story, but just the, the foundational stories of my life where, like, you know, he calls me to risk something, and yet he cares so much to know that I'm not just dropping it in an envelope or in the mail or mm-hmm. on a link. I'm physically giving to something that was needed, like that cement pad that yeah. I told you about. And I think that was just so cool that he cares about the littlest things. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but you, you probably got it. Uh, you know, there was a time during the crash and everything else that I was, I was extremely struggling and somebody knocked on my door, um, knocked on my door, and was like, here you go, and handed me an envelope and walked off. And I knew who the lady was, but I didn't know her. Um, and I was struggling to make my mortgage that month. Wow. And it was, it was the exact amount for my mortgage. She didn't know how much my mortgage was, but you wow. know, gave me the mortgage. And I tucked it in, I tucked it in my sock drawer, 
and um, um, I leave, and you know, it's in there for a couple days because it was in the middle of the month, you know, uh, and I was behind, and I was getting ready to pay it, and, and, and it was like the bank was closed, so I went through the weekend, and then, then that Monday or Tuesday, my house gets broken into and gets robbed. I don't know if you remember when that oh happened. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, and they steal everything out of my house. Like they took, they took more stuff you could possibly imagine. And uh, you know, the first thing is like, my sock drawer, and I go in, they didn't touch it. Like, you no know, there's a thousand dollars in cash sitting in my house. No, you know, way. and oh they took gosh. they took everything out of my house, you know, and um it was just one of those things that like there was a blessing that came to me, you know, and my heart immediately sank, like, God, why would you give me that blessing to take it away? And then it was there. And I know that doesn't go off, but that was when I, awesome. anytime I hear hear that that verse in Matthew about God caring about the you know, like how easy could it have been? He went through every drawer in my house. You pulled things out of my drawers. My clothes were everywhere, you know, and he didn't, he, he opened my sock drawer, which, and people keep stuff in their I sock know, drawer, yeah. right? That's right. He, keep, he didn't touch it. Like it was just a one drawer that wow. was not rooted. That's so cool. So, um, so anytime I hear that verse, that verse reminds me of that every time. So, sure. um, so, and we like to end with songs because songs move our hearts, uh, touch us in ways that, that, you know, you can't imagine. Uh, so is there any song that you have, you know, liked in the past or recently? Um... Yeah, a song that I still hear to this day, and, and I probably kid you not, I was even trying to pull it up on my computer with me to see how many times I played it. I, I know for a fact I probably played it hundreds of times. Um, and it's the Good, Good Father song, uh, Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin. So it's actually written by a guy named Pat Barrett, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. In that, in such a small world, it's cool how God works. He's actually the worship pastor of my in brother-in-law's church, oh, and okay. he, yeah, out of Atlanta. Called, I think it's called Grace Midtown, and he's the he's the writer of the song. And obviously, being in Atlanta, um, I think Chris Tomlin even lives in the area or somewhere. Yeah, they, he's at the pastor's church. Oh, right? of course, yeah. he heard about the song and was like blown away by it, and obviously met with pat and they they decided that let's hey listen i can get a lot more larger audience let's do it mm -hmm. and obviously chris tomlin pretty much put it to matt but one thing i love about the song is obviously you know your good good father reminds a who god is but i with the part that really gets me is the part where he reminds you who you are mm -hmm. it's who i am and i'm loved by you you know it's who you, you know and you're loved by me it's who you are it's who you are and i have two little girls uh their names are Windsor and Kensington. Uh, no, I'm not English, but I like English names. <laughs> uh, I think they're cool. And I was going to ask that earlier today. But no, I no, 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 not English. It's funny. And uh, so being a, obviously a dad for the first time, definitely with Windsor, I, 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 and again, keep in mind, I'm not a kids person. Like if, you, if like I go to parties and they have kids, even to this day, I don't necessarily hold the kids. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to hold your kid. Um, but, I, but, I, but obviously being a dad of two little in school, again, how God works, like being not sentimental or necessarily overly whatever um it's amazing that i have two little girls i find that kind of ironic but that's how god works and it's so cool that i mean i love my girls that you know i do anything for them yeah. like, like, like any parent would obviously any parent says that but i mean you know you, you really you really will as a parent you really will which is so cool but being little girls and being in this crazy world i'm like man i want them to be reminded of who they are that they are loved by God. They have a loving, they have an earthly father that loves them, but more importantly, they have a heavenly father that loves them. Mm -hmm. And that's why, I mean, I, I mean, I hear the song in church and it almost brings tears to my eyes because when Windsor was, you know, being the firstborn, we didn't, you know, we're, this is, I call it the trial child. Like you don't know how to put him to sleep. So I'll, at the time, my, my wife, she works a professional career and she wouldn't, she'd be at work. I had to watch our, our, our little one and I literally wouldn't know what to do. So I would literally just hold her and I would just play the song over and over 
And don't worry, I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing to save my <laughs> life. But I just, that's, that's probably, when you asked me, like, hey, which song? I said, oh, I know, I know the song. Yeah. Good, Good Father, hands down. That's Good, Good Father by Chris Tomlin. You can pretty much find that anywhere. Oh, you find it anywhere. So anyway, thank you very much, Josh, for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And um, yeah, for Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library, this is your host, Mark Sitchin, and we will see you next Monday. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.